You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. I am Kat Hobson. We have a new show here tonight, and I am so excited to welcome this. The gentleman is Mark Anthony Rains. He has been podcasting for some time now. He has over 800 episodes logged, and we are going to be bringing those here as well, so you will be able to enjoy those. His show is Holsworthy Mark Show, and he is an eclectic mix of everything that we love, right? He's interested in ufology. He's interested in ghost stories and other people's experiences. And he was brought into this through his own experience when he was in an insulin coma. And his wife was actually warned not to anticipate the best. So we're so glad that turned out not to be the case. And here you go. Mark Anthony Rains. Welcome, Mark. Have a great show. Hi, people. Yes, um, yes. my name is Mark Anthony Rains. Well, you may be interested to know why the, where the Mark Anthony may come, where it came from. Well, basically, my wife was, my, my sorry, not my wife, my, my mum was a great fan of Richard Burton in the film Cleopatra. I think she fancied him a bit. And that's why I got the, the name Mark Anthony. And when I was at school, very long time ago, I was asked to kiss a girl. I didn't want to kiss a girl, because basically they wanted me to play part of Mark Anthony. So I ran away from school. So that's my story about the name Mark Anthony. Well, also, as you heard, um, yes, I got into the paranormal world, because... I um, had, I was in a coma, and as uh, was mentioned, I had a blood sugar level of 124. At the time, my wife was told I was going to die, and she kept the faith that uh, this was not going to happen and told the doctor so herself. Um, Whilst I was in the coma, I heard a woman's voice I've not heard before or since, and this voice told me to wake up. And then I had the most overwhelming feeling I've ever, ever had to wake up. And whilst I was in the coma, I felt that I was either in the real world or the next realm. So that is my introduction to the paranormal. Now, as you may know, or not know, I live in a place called Devon, which is in... Great Britain, or probably you might call it United Kingdom, and I thought you might like to know places you might want to go, where goats are in Devon. And we have Saltram. Saltram is one of the finest houses in Devon, situated overlooking the River Ply near Plymouth. This children manor house is largely decorated with somewhat, say, quite nice places. All the ghosts that roam Sumtrim, the best known is that of Kitchen Maid. It's not known why or when she died, but it's said that she was murdered. Although no one ever was brought to justice, those who have seen her have described a hooded figure in a dark cloak that glides across the corridor before passing through the door. 
which leads into the dining room. However, she never appears on the other side of the door. Ooh, a bit scary, that. Buckman Abbey, which is right near me, actually. This fine medieval house near Yeoverton was once an abbey. As with all England's ab uh, abbeys, Buckman was shut down by Henry VIII in 1540s. Fortunately, Buckland Abbey st is still great there. The first owner was Sir Richard Granville and his son Roger. However, Roger was a brawl. Henry VIII's ill-fated Mary Rose when it sunk off Plymouth, Portsmouth, sorry, in 1582, the house was sold on by Roger's son Richard to an unknown buyer. This turned out to be Sir Francis Drake, whom Sir Richard despised. Legend states that Drake finished converting the Abbey to his, to his residence in a, a mere three days. He managed to do this with the help from the devil. As punishment for his satanic devilings, Drake was condemned to ride in a hearse pulled by headless horses across Dartmoor, wild knights, followed by a pack of demonic hounds. It is also said to sell Drake his container within a drum that is on display inside the Abbey. Apparently he gave instructions for the drum to be returned to his home as he lay dying on his ship, the Portobello Bella, in 1596. Legend, the legend is that if England is in danger, then a drum will be heard to beats. Hmm. The last time it was heard was in 1939. Bury Port Roy Castle. Probably the most colourful legend from Paul, from Barry Paul Barry, Paul, Paul Barry, sorry, is that the two Paul Barry brothers, after they found prayer book Reverend Bellion in 1549, which were Paul Barry's had supported, the King Edward VI ordered the, that the castle's defences should be reduced. Paul Barry refused, so Henry sent troops. When they arrived, they were met by the two. The brothers in full armour. The brothers were on the castle's, castle's backmans on the back on the backs of their horses, which they had blindfolded. To the astonishment of the soldiers, the Portway brothers proceeded to ride off the top of the castle to their deaths. Another tale for the Burry Portbury is that the sisters of Eleanor sisters Eleanor and Margaret Portbury is said they both fell in love with the same man. Whilst Margaret was beautiful, Eleanor was Equally jealous and imprisoned her, her, her daughter, starving her to death. Margaret's ghost walks in castle remembrance and said that everyone who sees that sees her will meet their death soon. Oh, right. Another ghost is a ghost is a sorry, a blue lady. The story is that once one of the Pomeroids have evolved in an illicit relationship with her father. After falling pregnant she's smothered the baby at birth. Because of this act, she's been condemned to wander the castle for eternity. Ah, this is one of my very favourite ones about Dartmoor. And this is the Hairy Hands. One of the best known and strangest of all Dartmoor's hauntings is that of the Hairy Hands. They are said to haunt the main B3212 road across the moor between Pope Post Bridge and Two Bridges. On a bright summer's day of June 1921, 
The story goes that a medical officer of the nearby Dartmouth Britain, Dr. Helper, he was riding his motorbike along this stretch of road. By the famous Clapper Bridge at Portbridge, he swerved for no apparent reason and ended up dead. Some time after the first army officer was involved in a similar incident in the same place, he survived and was able to give a bizarre and shocking versions of events. He said that a pair of large, extremely hairy hands had grabbed into his own hands and forced him to swerve and crash. Over the following years, you know, there, there were a couple of unexplained crashes on this stretch of road, with the most recent the doctor from Somerset who overturned his car here. Like the others, he claimed an external force had tried to take control of the car. One particularly disturbing incident occurred at the ruins of the old powder mills nearby. Brown family would park their caravan here for a month every summer. One night, one of the occupants was woken up by a sound coming from the open window. When she looked up to see what it was, to her terror, she saw a, a large hairy hand crawling out the window towards the gap. After she made the sign across and prayed, it seems the haunted hand sunk away. Mm, don't think I want to go there then. And we got Plymouth is quite um, a well-known, uh, big city's um, maritime history as well. Located on New Street, one of Plymouth's oldest surviving buildings, is a 16th century Elizabethan house, which was once home to a sea captain. Now open to the public, the house remains home to the ghost of a young servant girl. Witness, witnesses have seen her standing at, at, on upstairs window at various times of the day and night. The house is also reported to have cold spots and furniture has been heard moving around. The nearby Blackfriars Distillery is home to Plymouth's gin distillery these days. St. Barker's Main Road Street. There have been many ghost sightings there. One of the, these is the ghost of a former worker named Charles, who, by all counts, is prone to pinching ladies' bottoms. Buckfastley. Small town of Buckfastley. And then within the line is a strange, which in, there's a strange tomb of Squire Richard Cowbell. Looking more like a bus shelter than a mausoleum, the tomb's design was purely functional being constructed by locals contain Campbell's unquiet spirit. When Campbell died in 1677, many believed that he had been in league with the devil. A legend is that one night after his death, a ghostly pack of hounds descended from the moor to escort Campbell's soul down to hell. Not only does the tomb have strong iron bars, but Campbell's coffin was placed under a large solid rock to be certain he would not escape. However, it seems all these precautions were in vain. It said that on a wild and windy night, a pack of ghostly hounds come for Campbell. Together, they go hunting on the moors. It's thought that his story was well. The main reason why Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote The Hound of Bastogils. Port Powered Home Castle. It was during construction work during the 19th century that grim discoveries made. After breaking down a wall, they discovered a 
hidden chamber within which there were skeletons of a woman and infant. This went some way to explaining the ghosts of a young mother and girl that had been seen around the house for many years. However, still none are wiser as who, who the mother and child were and how come they came to be, be there. The owners of the house gave the two a proper burial at a nearby Padbound Kirch. Another sinister apparition that holds powder him is a grey lady who has on occasion been seen floating in the, between the church and house or haunting the library. I believe this is a melancholy spirit of the Lady Lady Frances, the wife of the 18th century Viscount Courtfrey legend. Has it seen the ghosts of Lady Frances is a bad omen. Exeter. All manner of apparitions have been seen roaming the area from a disembodied hand through to a free-headed phantom. The creature itself is said to be home to a number of ghosts, a mostly common, the most common scene in which is that of a nun who haunts the nave, particularly in the early evenings. Another is of the cathedral's well-known ghosts is that of Walter Lecour, 13th-century choir master, described as dishonest, an unpleasant man who. He was murdered by the, on the green. His charmless ghost has been observed in the top registry. Another place in the, on the cathedral yard is said to be haunted is the Royal Clarence Hotel. Dating back to 17, 1769, it's credited as being the first hotel in England ever. However, the building was tragically destroyed in the fire in 2016. It was built on the site of Walter Raleigh. The guests have reported hearing the sound of coughing. I'm wondering if the coughing was to do with the Royal Barley. Oakham, Oakham Castle. It's said that Lady Frances Howard poisoned her four husbands. As punishment for a prolific murderous streak, Lady Howard was condemned in the afterlife to mis misery, if not eternal task. Every night she has been compelled to pluck a single blade of so I think she must do until the hillside is bare. Given as she died in the 16th century, it's going to probably take a long time. The legend is that every night Lady Howard rides through with a macabre cartridge from her family home at Fieldsgate in Tethersock, across the moors to Oakhampton. Her head of possession is a great black hound with one eye in the middle of its forehead. Lady Howard is herself rides in a coach made of bones of four husbands and drawn by horses, headless horses. Well, that sounds uh, interesting. Don't really want to see that, do we? Taberham Manor. During the Revolution War in 1865, the then owners noticed something strange. There were traces of an upstairs window, but no such room seemed to be existing. Guessing that it was next to one of the bedrooms, they knocked through the wall and found a concealed chamber. In this room was a four-posted bed with a skeleton of a young woman in it. Who she was remains something of a mystery. Although, although the, the tragic legend is said that in the 18th century, William Oakway and his Spanish wife were tenants in the chamber home. They had a daughter, Kate, 
who over the years grew into a beautiful young woman, Kate fell in love with an Irish captain named Wallace. When she married and moved, and moved away to Dublin, promised him to one day return and visit. Some years passed until one night there was a terrific storm and a ship was washed into the rocks nearby. William went down to the to look for survivors and found a horribly wounded young woman who had been battered beyond recognition on the rocks. He carried the woman home where he and his wife tried in vain to save her. A couple of weeks searched the body to try and find something that would identify the woman. What they did find was a purse containing a small fortune in precious jewels and gold coins. A couple couldn't resist the temptation to take the purse. It's enough to see them through the end of the days. Day or two later, there was a knock on the door. An agent from the missing com- shipping company stood there, inquiring about a young woman who was missing from the shipwreck. The couple said they didn't know anything about it. Whereupon the agent left, asking if they could keep a lookout for the body of Catherine Wallace. Should it be washed up, William and his wife realised they had robbed the body of their dead daughter and were absolutely devastated. He placed the body in a bed and bricked off the secret chamber where the body would lay undiscovered for over a hundred years. Hmm. So that is a little bit about Haunted Devon. Now, I think if you'll listen to me, my... Over here, there, oh, I think it's worth a visit. What do you think, people? And um, during my time um, at, uh, on my podcast, I've been, to, I've been, I talked to a lot of uh, mediums and paranormal groups. I myself also belong to a paranormal group, normal group called Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers Pod Seekers, which is um, you can find on Facebook. I became a member by accident, basically. I was uh, looking around for interviews for people, because that's what I do. And I came across the, the co-founder, Martin Alley. And I asked Martin Alley if he would like to do an interview, which he said. And whilst he was talk, uh, talking to him, I told him about how long I've been doing podcasting. And, he, and then he said to me, Oh, would you like to do a podcast for us? I said, yes, no problem, I'll, I'll do that. So, you, that's what I do as well. I also do a podcast for Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers podcast, which also I have done a very few interviews. I, I should obviously, on this uh, show of mine, I'm going to play you the odd interview now and again, and I will be having guests as well. And um, we're coming up to um, a break soon. I've, I'm sure that I hope the one listener is still there listening to me and hasn't gone to sleep yet, snoring their head off because they're thinking, oh my god, it's that British guy. I could listen to him, I probably could go to sleep. I wonder why the, why mediums are always called mediums. I wonder why it's not a large or a small. I wonder about that. I don't know. What do you think?
this uh, crazy, crazy world. And um, ghosts are everywhere. Do people believe in ghosts? Yes, apparently. America is the country where people believe in ghosts the most, apparently. People in chat, apparently. I don't know where the... I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Um, I'll take a look at that in a minute. People, um, if you want to type to me, give me a question, I'm willing to answer one. Yeah, please do. Um, any questions, please ask. I don't mind. I can do my best to answer them. I'm glad that you, you're interested. It's my first, as you may not know, this is my first time ever live. I am sitting in my room in a bungalow in Holsbury. I'm doing this through a smartphone app. And I'm using my Amazon Fire tablet uh, for information and stuff like that. And I'm hoping that you enjoy what I'm doing. It's, I'm, I'm quite pleased about that. Yeah, it's quite nerve-wracking going live. But I like the buzz. I think it's important to push yourself up down, down again. Because that's what life's about. If you don't try, you don't get. That's what my, said, and my granddad always used to say, always be polite. Never be rude. Always say please and thank you. You'll get you far in life. And I do, honestly, I have tried my best to keep this up. I think this has worked for me. And, um, I don't know what you think. I, uh, yeah. Can you understand my accent? Okay, that's, that's another thing I was going to ask. It's, uh, a bit, my accent is Devon come... Essex, because I was born in Essex. I was born in a place called Westcliff-on-Sea. I lived in Southend-on-Sea, which you may have heard of. It's a seaside resort in, in Essex. Look up the lot. It was the world's longest pier at one time. And now I live in a place called Holes of Devon, which is quite rural. And I like being here. It's quite well relaxed. Well, I think it's relaxed. Yes, it's, uh... Oh, my dog, uh, trying to jump on top of me. That's, I have a, a dog called Mitzi. I'll tell you some information soon about that in a minute. It's quite an interesting story. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. Which, if you want to know what the ID bit is, it's 
WBHM DB coming from Birmingham, Alabama. Hope I got that right. <laughs> Don't phone to go to an office and once she was in the office she was the only non-family member in the office because she knew the person involved who had the dog before and while she was in the reading the, the, she, she was given the um, care and well-being of our dog Mitzi who used to go into care homes um, basically getting patted and being a friend to people. Oh, thank you, Gene, in chat. Um, glad you liked my voice. Um, I'll give you a mention then. Um, anyone who likes me, at least I know we've got one listener. Yes, um, right. Let me see again. And across the border from me is a place called Bude. Because the Devon come uh, Cornwall border is a strange thing. It's basically, there's a river Tamar and it goes through Devon Cornwall. If I go up the road, six miles up the road, I'm in Cornwall. And if I go 12 miles up the road, I'm in Cornwall. Then if I go back down again, I'm back in Devon again. So, seeing as Cornwall is only up the road from me, I wonder if people would like to know the places that are haunted places in Cornwall. And it's quite a famous one. The most famous one is the Jamaica Inn. Built as a coaching house in 1750, 
located right in the middle of Bodmin Moor, Jamaica Inn is alleged to be one of the most haunted places in Britain, and I think it's been appeared on many um, shows to do, do that. The um, shows like most haunted stuff like that. I don't watch a lot of them, not very to say. So I apologise if I don't know, know a lot of their names. To resident ghosts inside it include a malevolent, malevolent highwayman in a three-cornered hat who walks through locked doors. An anguished young mother with a baby who inhabits a mirror in room five, and a murdered young smuggler who paces around the courtyard in the middle of the night. Daphne McCurr's famous novel about in later made into film focuses on the story. Pegasusit Castle. There is evidence of five thousand years of history at Pegasusit Castle, which is just inland from the beach of Pearl Sands. The oldest remaining structure is a four-story tower that dates back to the 16th century and was part of an extensive fortified Tudor manor that belonged to the historic Pelosic family. The family's murderous exploits gave rise to countless legends, including that of a black-robed monk who said to wander the grounds at night. Parasic was a famous favourite with smugglers who unloaded, it, who unloaded their contraband on the west side of the beach into a tunnel that led straight to the castle. The bleak, windset landscape of Dartmoor Moor is embedded with more than its a fair share of myth and legends. At those part very pool, said to harbour to harbour King Arthur's sword, the ghost of the hapless true girl can be heard howling across the moors, while the ghost of Charlotte Dumond, murdered by her crippled lover, is regularly seen on slopes of Rogar clan in a gown and silk bonnet. Hard evidence is this of a huge black panther-like cat known as the Beast of Bodmin Moor, which has been seen many more than 60 times and said to be given to savaging livestock in the dead of night. Bodmin Jail, which... Bodmin Jail, I'll tell you a little bit of story behind Bodmin Jail. When I first met my... Soon, not then, my... Um, we, I, first place I went to see, visit, go to was Bodmin, which was an eight-hour journey back then from, from the South End. And we we went in the park, which is across the road from Dartmoor Jail. So that's a little bit about Dartmoor Jail. Built in 1778, Bodmin Jail was a, has a dark and sinister past, famous for hugely popular and well and well attended public hangings that took place outside till 1862. The jail is probably yet having been turned into a museum with information about notable prisoners. Details about their grisly crimes and sentences are displayed along the swell walls. Hmm. It was also in a TV series called The Most Haunted Places in Britain. Chapel Street, Penzance. Chapel Street is the oldest street that Penzance has suffered. It's stuff is historical buildings. Four pubs and quite a lot of paranormal. The Union Hotel shelters remains of the oldest 
Georgian theatre in the country, as well as town's original assembly room, built in 1791. The region is one of the oldest buildings in Penzance, a former temperance hall that dates back 400 years. The Turk's Head, head a little further down the street, is the oldest pub in Penzance, while the Ben... Benbow, named after famous 16th century admiral, is decorated with authentic ca ca cannons and figures brought up by divers from local wrecks. Kennel Vale. Kennel Vale is a hidden valley nestling within the countryside between Red Roof and Falmouth and was once home to the largest and most complete gunpowder works to be found anywhere in Britain, producing explosives used in nearby mines. Kennel Vale is now managed by a nature reserve by Coral Dashwood Trust. Rusty moss-coated water wheels, broken millstones and the creeping ruins of the massive granite mill buildings will create an absolute charge of history and ghosts. Pendennis Castle. Pendennis Castle access just outside Falmouth that was built by Henry VIII to protect the Garrick roads from invasion by from France and Spain. In, in 1646, the castle was the site of a famous siege, during which the royalists were trapped inside for six months and forced to eat the horses and dogs before suffering the piercing sounds of the screams of kitchen maid who fell to death while carrying a tray of food had been heard by numerous visitors as have strange footsteps on the staircase that no longer leads anywhere. Tintagel. I'll tell Tintagel well for these. The legend of King Arthur. I'll go in a little bit into King Arthur later on. Tintagel is home the ruins of the 12th, 12th century castle with strong mythical associations of King Arthur. At least five well-known ghosts. Three of these reside in the Camelot Castle Hotel, dodging such activities as throwing paintings from the walls, waking people up in the bed, dead or night, to give them a bed bath, going through the hotel's bins. The fourth is a former employee of the hotel, died about 70 years ago, can often be seen walking along the path of the hotel from his cottage, which was once owned by Kate Winslet. Predator's Place, Predator's Place near Pesto, Another place I've been actually is Elizabeth Vivian Manor House, completed in 1592. It's been in the Predicts Butte family ever since. Reported paranormal activity includes the ghost of a scully boy given to running around the kitchen, a ghost of a woman dressed in the 19th century clothes and sits and sews in the morning room, a ghost of Honor Fisco, wife of Humphrey. Well, all of these videos, because some of you are like, oh, I threw herself off the upper balcony following the death of her husband. You know, and so and I'm like, okay, take her to wear a green dress and chasing out. I figured out a way to up keep out of the bedrooms. Royal um, coats. The minor will coats. <laughs> I figured out a way to upload the videos. So now they're all the way down to sea. Which could be heard crashing against the rocks. So the gate one. And the floor, you want to watch the, it over again, the there. Probably the most okay. famous so industrial 
building Cornwall. And my surface is accessible at low tides from large caves at the far end of Port Chapel Beach. Yes, it has it, a mine is haunted by ghosts of many miners who died there, living in extremely dangerous conditions. Tell us a little bit about haunted. We're going to do, we're going to come to our heart chakra. Hey, Juliet. Tonight, too. Oh, I see my friend say, Tom Cornwall is in the chat. And, um, Denise. And we're going to do some I'm, heart work tonight, too, at the end of I'm going to so change. Any questions, I'm, I'm going to ask them. Put them in. I don't know where to get in the chat. Hopefully, I'll see them. And then I can answer your questions. I'm going to ask them. Okay. Okay. So, Sorry, um, first, that was my first thing that I want to say. Remember, Clarity 101 is up, so if you want. Yeah, so basically, um, what was I going to say? Oh yes, um, you mean, I'm also into other subjects, uh, well, not just paranormal. I cover cryptozoology, and that, that is uh, another thing I just fell into. I was in a, uh, I live in, at the time, I was living in a village called Wallsbury, or Wallsfarsworthy. So just give it its proper name. And whilst I was there, I was looking for some volunteer work. And I came across an organisation called CFZ, Centre for Futon Zoology, which is run by uh, uh, my friend Jonathan Downs, who's a real renowned cryptozoologist in Britain, and probably well known in the States as well. Anyway, I went to his house, cottage, which I uh, went through a door, a gate, that reminded me a little bit of horror, the horror films back in back in the day, you know the films, I mean, the, the old Hammer horror films, with um, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Um, and, uh, see the messages now. I can see um, people listening. Anyway, yeah, where was I? Uh, da, 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 yeah, cryptozoology. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I went to see John Downs and, and I was in his garden. And whilst I was in his garden, I, um, he, we had a little chat with himself and a young gentleman called Richard Freeman who is like a modern-day explorer for things like the Orange Pen Deck and things, uh, creatures, cryptic creatures like that. Um, and we had a little chat. And uh, John at the time said, oh, you'll get you'll get hooked in cryptozoology. I basically told him, yeah, right, okay. Oh, uh, but, um... Basically, I um, said, yeah, okay. And then I ended up helping him on his weird weekend, which he, d he doesn't do now in Devon. Someone else is talk about taking it over. Gene, Jane Vardy does uh, his own version in, uh, in the north called 
we, we can know. Look at that, folks. And if you want to look up um, what um, John Down does, look up Still on the Track, which is on YouTube. Very interesting show containing information about cryptozoology and a bit of fun as well. And yes, I helped him uh, do the volunteer bit um, through the weekend. I ended up getting a certificate. And in the certificate, I got a plastic baboon, which has been painted gold. people that was if there's any questions Sorry. Um, I don't know how to do it. I am. Um, oh, I've been told to turn off my chat sounds. Um, yeah, but I can't. I don't know how to turn them off. Oh my god, that's the beauty of live radio, folks. When things go wrong, they go wrong big time. I call it the gremlins. The gremlins are coming to play. Hip, 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 hooray. They don't know what to do with me. I don't know what to do with them. They are not merely my friend. They just want to run away. Can you put up with the sounds of the track sounds, people? I don't know where the megaphone is. Kate, help me. I don't know where the megaphone is. I'm only a simple Englishman. Yes, um, we had a few gremlins. Um, Kate probably, probably won't let me mention this, but the gremlins didn't want us to go on today. They just basically said, No, we don't want you to come on this show. And we had some few technical problems, as they call them. But we don't care about gremlins, because I basically pick them up, put them in the cupboard, throw them away, and feed them to the dog. That's my opinion of gremlins, anyway. Now, where was I? I've lost track now. Oh yes, I was back in the cryptozoology world, wasn't I? And, um... Yes, um... I can see I've got my... Uh, I've had my friend Tom Conwell, who had a really good conversation with about UFOs. Now, um... 
Com Tom Cromwell is an excellent speaker and please look up his books, brilliant books available on Amazon and I will play you the interview I've done with him on this podcast at a later date. hope Tom doesn't mind that. But at the moment he's left a conversation. Now I'm, I'm um, hoping to bring some guests on the show and um, archive. Well, archive, well, as you may not know, uh, may, may know or not know, I have done over 800 episodes on my podcast, Holes of New Art Show, which is available also on Podbean and Anchor FM. And Apple Podcasts, and obviously I'm doing this bit here live. Now, with 800 episodes, sometimes it's you lose track of life, the universe, and everything. I'll try and find you an example of um, when you've got to look it up. It's very annoying to people saying, oh, What are you doing? on the Munster Movie Night your internet horror host Bobby Good Munster I introduced the, the film The Vault of Horror which is a cool film Right, no, right, sorry folks about this. Ah, I know what I can do, sorry folks. Right, right, so I, I've, I've sussed it out, people. Now, um, how averse are you to a little bit of comedy? It's a bit weird. I'm going to play you some, what I call, what well, I call it comedy. Some people might just say it's not comedy. Basically, my comedy was inspired by a show called Barbie Rehab, who, there was a woman I interviewed called Vanessa Bernard, and uh, she's the main production person behind Barbie Rehab. Look it up, folks, it's a very popular show. And basically, my comedy is... A three-minute-long improv stuff. And um, here's a, a selection for Behind the Scenes of Halsey Mark Show, Brain Gym.
that to sample my bit of my comedy? What do you think, folks? Is it even too bizarre for you? I'm back on Rumble Talk. I know it was supposed to be comedy, but my comedy's weird. I'm British, you see. I'm, I've been influenced by Monty Python. funny at all. I see the white light. It's coming to get me, you know. I know, I like to surprise people. It's a game. It, 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 you can't be... It, it, it catches people aware. Makes you, it makes them realise that they are listening to me. Yes, um, white light, man. Yes, that's an interesting theory about white light. I'm gonna. I really like my friend Wikipedia. It's um. Well, yeah, it says white light here. Obviously, this isn't the white light you're on about. White light is the 16th and 17th, 18th seasons of season two of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But well, it's not that. White is the lightest colour. Is aromatic because of its full reflections. No. White light is an ancient gem weapon which acts as the final boss of Steven's universe. No, it's not that. Look it up. Our friend Google is okay, but... Ah, white light paranormal insight. Hmm, that could be interesting. Just lots of pictures of clouds. They're good for me. It's white light. Bright flash. Ah. No, I can't get that one. No, I was going to give you some information about white light, but I can't find any. My friend Google is not helping me, so I'm going to ask people on the chat room, can you give me information about the what white light phenomenon it is, please. I would appreciate it. If you give it to me, I'll give you it back. Um, Miss Honey, uh, uh, Mary, um, can you 
give me some information. Anybody out there who knows any information about what, like, Is it to do with healing? Reiki. Reiki is quite interesting. I know a few Reiki people. Ah, actually talking about Reiki. I practice. Ah, it's healing and protection. Ah, thank you, Kate, for that bit of information. Got that now. Thank you. See, if you ask, you get the information. I like that. Uh, very funny, uh, Mary. Not the white light when you open the fridge door. <laughs> I like that one. Or, not the white light that's on the screens of the of a, uh, laptop that I'm reading down. White light, white light, I see you in the night. You shine so bright and bright in the white, the white, white, white light. I wish I could sing. But you know I really can't. I wish I really could. I once did a whole episode on Anchor FM with a friend of mine called Rodney. Where's your story? And it's on Player FM where we do 15 minutes of trying to do a whole conversation singing. I'm just giving me mob information. Pure film of light that protects and heals all around good stuff. Thank you, Mary Strickland. I'll tell you, Mary, I'm going to ask you on the radio now. Now, I don't know where you live, Mary, but would you, at one point, like to be on my podcast? It'd be interesting to find out more information about it. And uh, you could talk about white light. It's up to you. I'd like to have you on the show. There you are, there's a request for you. What do you think? Let me know. Yeah, where was I? Uh, what, I did, yeah, Tai Chi. I do Tai Chi. And um, I've been practicing it for the last three years. And Tai Chi is very relaxing. It's like, um, it's all about energy force, yin and yang. Like the, dark, the light and the dark. And I do seriously believe it helps. Also, I practice karate. I am currently a green belt. Not bad for a 56-year-old man. Now, you may not know this, but I am got disabilities. I have a neurological problem, which I've had since 2003, I think. Yeah, 2003. Which basically affects my balance and make, uh, makes me move a lot. Also, I have a condition condition called small vessel disease of the brain, mild small vessel disease of the brain, which affects my cognitive skills like speech, memory, and such. Oh, I see you've got a thing from Jean-Claire Baldier. I hope I've got that right. So, Mark, I asked this before you joined the chat. Would you care to share your coping experience with us? Yes, um, yes. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's, when I was in the coma, 
Now, people on the... When you see a coma of people on the telly, uh, when they're in the older one-walled shot in the soaps and such, you always see people talking to people in a coma. But... That never... I never... I don't remember those three weeks at all. You could tell me that man invaded Mars, I would believe you. For those three weeks, I was not on this planet. Hence, that's why I like to call myself A.K.A. Ghostman. Because, basically, I wasn't here. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a strange feeling. Um, that when I heard that woman's voice, as I said before, one I've never heard before or since, it was a very... It was very calming, and, and uh, the need to wake up, but well, what I've, it was, as if you had to get up about, well, about, um, you had to do it. Now, I know for a fact that other people have gone through the same coma conditions as me. I've spoken to various people with it that had this experience and quite it's quite common for people to say that they felt they were either in the real world or the next. Now I don't know how much that is true. Um, but I believe it. I mean um, what do you think people I'm asking you on on now, um I know it's mostly Mary and, and uh, Jean at the moment. On the conversation of it, but um, right, um, I have to do the rundown again in a minute. I've got thirty seconds. What can I say in thirty seconds? It's time to go to the bit where I say the thing you need to know. Where to is the show? I'm counting down the seconds, I don't know really why. And now I'm going to say, WBHM-DB from Birmingham, Alabama. Gene, did you think, did, do you think, Do you think the word, voice you did wake you from the coma? Yes, I do. I seriously do believe that. It, yes. I'm, that voice, it, as I said, the woman's voice, I've not heard before or since. Yes, that voice was my guardian angel. I seriously believe that. And you can tell me all the scientific expectations possible. But I do believe that. And Mary, thank you for believing that me too, that I do. It's like being in between two worlds. I found some... Um, uh, um, probably the other day, about scientific evidence for why we don't have... Well, we see ghosts. 
going to try and see if I can find it again. Our friend Google was, uh, is okay. I'm sorry if it drop off now again. It's just because I'm looking on Google, personally. Yes, I know it's not a common thing on live radio, but hey, that's what live radio is about, isn't it? Making mistakes and admitting to them. Ah, got it. Right, folks, are you ready? Six scientific explanations of seeing ghosts. Number one, electromagnetic fields. For decades, a Canadian neuroscientist named Michael Persinger had been studying the effects of electromagnetic fields on people's perceptions of ghosts, hypothesizing that pulsed magnetic fields imperceptible on the conscious level can make people feel if there is a presence in the room with them by causing unusual activity patterns in the brain's temporal lobes. Persinger has studied people in the lab wearing a so-called God helmet, finding that certain patterns of weak magnetic fields over someone's head for 15 to 30 minutes can create the perception there is an invisible presence in the room. Some subconscious research has pushed back on this theory, arguing that people were responding to the suggestion that they would feel a ghostly presence rather than to the electromagnetic field. However, Persinger counters that this experiment followed very different protocols that of his own experiment. Other scientists also found environments that have reputation to be haunted often feature unusual magnetic fields. Infrasound. Infrasound at levels are so low humans cannot hear other animals can't hear it only animals can hear like dogs cats low frequency vibrations can cause distinct psychological disorders scientists studying the effects of wind turbines and traffic noise near residences have found that low frequency noise can cause disorientation feelings of panic Changes in the heart rate and blood pressure and other effects that could easily be associated with being visited by a ghost. For instance, in a 1998 paper on natural causes of hauntings, engineer Vic Tandy describes working for a medical equipment manufacturer whose labs included a reportedly haunted room. Whenever Tandy walked into this particular room, he felt depressed and uncomfortable, but often hearing and seeing odd things including an apparition that definitely looked like a ghost. Eventually he discovered the room was home to a 19HS standing wave coming from a fan, which was sending out an audible vibrations that caused the disorienting effects. Further studies also show links between infrasound and bizarre sensations like getting chills down the spine or feeling uneasy. This is one I found particularly interesting. Mold. Shane Rogers, an engineering professor at Clarkson University, spent the first few months touring reportedly haunted locations looking for not-so-paranormal not activity mold growth. Primarily, research indicates that some molds can cause symptoms like that sound pretty horrible, like irrational fear and dementia. He says, I watched a lot of ghost shows. I began to wonder if there's some kind of link there. 
where you might be able to find any people who are also having these feelings. So, following the data collection process, it's hard to say whether that is a contributing fact or not, but anecdotally, we are seeing that toxic molds exist in places that are haunted. Carbon monoxide poisoning. In 1921, a doctor named W.H. Woolham published an odd story about a haunted house in a medical journal, the American Journal of Orthology. A family who lived in this haunted residence, called the Hate Family in medical literature, began experiencing white weird phenomenon that moved into an old house, hearing furniture moving around and strange voices in the night, feeling the presence of visible spectres. They report being held down in a bed by ghosts, feeling weak and more. As it turned out, a faulty furnace was filling the house with carbon monoxide, causing oral and visual hallucinations. The furnace was fixed, and the hate family went back to their lives. Minus ghosts. Someone said it was real. In a 2014 study, Goldsmiths University of London psychologists had people watch a video of a psychic successfully bending a metal key with his mind. In one, in one condition study, subjects watched the video with the said person, who was actually working with researchers and professed to see this key bending. These subjects were more likely to report that they saw the key bend when the subjects were paired with someone who asserted that, assessed that the key didn't bend or said nothing. One person account can influence another person's memory. Co study co-author Christopher French says, if someone else confidently asserts that they saw a ghost, it might influence a fellow eyewitness to believe they saw it too. The last one we want to believe is a motivational side of belief in, in ghosts, French explains. We all want to believe in life after death. The idea that our mortality is one we are not comfortable with. Confirmation bias holds powerful sway over perceptions. perceptions. We find it much easier to believe evidence for something we want to believe anyway. Hmm. <coughs> ah, right, let's go back to the questions, folks. Jean, Claire Bowley, did waking from a coma change your waking state perceptions or give you psychic, ability, psychic abilities you didn't have before? Yes, it changed my perceptions of ghosts. Yes, they made me believe in ghosts a lot more. Seriously, do believe that. But as for the psychic abilities, I don't know. I've never really had to t tested them. I've never, never really um, pushed my limits on that. I don't know. I would have to go to join a, one of these groups that helps you. Um, Helps you with your psychability, psychedelic, psychedelic, psychedelic. Oh, sorry about the podcast bit. Oh, I've been told by Kate it's good. Next time you can 
get me ahead of the time, it'll sound better. I don't have time understanding it. I do apologise, people. I will repost it. Uh, we will do it on the interview. It's probably because, A, my, uh, as I went out of the room, I dropped my um, fire tablet. I do apologise. Plus, he's got a very strong British accent. Right, back to Google. National Ghost Hunting Day. For those who'd like to hear information about it. In July 2016, Haunted Journeys founded National Hunting Ghost Hunting Day, registered with the official day calendar, held on the last Saturday of every September. Each September, it serves to infuse us in comments to start every each new Halloween season so noble attention is to globally reserve the most haunted properties in the world. We recognise the novice curious experts pressures that investigate paranormal activity in these iconic locations. The main format of celebrating National Ghost Hunting Day is the annual world's, ghost, large, world's, world's largest ghost hunt event, which serves as an energy engine to encourage historical preservation, paranormal unity, paranormal research and public education about these historical sites and skills and techniques used in paranormal investigations. So that's your little bit about World Ghost Hunting Day. Hope you enjoyed that information. Oh yes, um, oh. yes, as I say, um, um, that's the problem with life, but you think you, um, I'm going back to, have you heard a script, right, let's go back to the questions, I have, I've had a book review through me. I needed help on the investigation in Bazaar. Mary said, Jean, have you read about the experiments of military that introduced into what's one did? So, yes. Everybody knows that during the 70s and the 80s that the American and Russian and British government looked into psychic abilities. And the psychic abilities, and also Yurgaia was meant to be a remote we um, people remotely, I believe. about the band's head talk. I like things that are banned. It's got, always got to be a reason why it's banned. Is ESP real? Now, if they put it on the originally, they must have believed it was real. So why did they ban it? Hmm. Interesting. Yes, folks, why don't we have... Let's have mine. On World Ghost Day, why don't we all have a bit 
where we all tell a ghost story of what or events that happened to us. What do you think, folks? Do you think it's a good idea? I like ghost stories. I'm a writer as well. Um, I've wrote a story. I'm sidetracking again. One of my favourite things I do. I'm a bit of a sidetracker person. Right. I write in an app called WhatsApp. WhatsPad. I write various stuff and information on there. And I might, I, I might enjoy writing. Um, this is one story I wrote about my wife's time in a hospital. Obviously I'm looking it up. Well, go quiet folks, don't worry about it. This is Adventures of My Wife. Right. Here goes, folks. May I find it again? Oh. I thought I had it, then I pressed the wrong... I pressed the wrong button, people. Story my life wrong buttons. Yes, it's a, it's a, my story is, it's always the case when you're trying to find something, you can't find it. The Adventures of a Woman Who Is 4 Foot 9 But Her Vast Is 5 Foot 1 Enid led the usual average day living watching soaps or the latest martel on the subject of the day. Enid's health was not to say a little bit great, not great. She often jokes that when she moves she rattled like taking a, take, due to taking over 20 pills a day. I would write tablets, but most younger peak generation will wonder why she wished to put a computer device in her mouth. Well, let's cut to the chase, as this is a, only a short story and not an epic novel waiting a Hollywood movie production be near, be near of, of a book, but most of the plot changes as it doesn't work for film audience due to their goldfish mines brought up on box, box set binging. If you are a bit not the no one watching 
that is watching your, uh, the three episodes of your favourite programme in one sitting. So I, did, I digest. Back to the st- story. Poor Enid had to go to hospital. This is where the fun begins. Right here, so please excuse my lack of commas and bad grammar. No excuse, apart from my small, small vessel disease of brain, which affects cognitive skills like memory. So back to the story. Enid became ill, getting sores in her body. And it got to the extent where one on her stomach, the skin was black and began to smell worse and gone off cheese. Yes, bad. So we had to call out the local quack, who was, who was too busy to visit due to going, having to get ready for the game of golf. So the pot upon district nurses and senior nurses came to see me and it felt like a performer in some sort of very bad medical drama. So the ambulance had to be called out off and off to North Devon was the idea. The ambulance was called at 3.30pm but due to the fact when arriving had to say sorry, had to get a a bigger bed due to Enid's weight, which made her feel like shit inside, sorry about language, had to go back and get another, which turned up after 3pm in the morning. Enid's blurry-eyed and half-seat was not at best pleased to, to do as she went after the ambulance. New bed could not get due to her shortened legs. A little step was needed when she slipped low. It was off she went. After a bumpy car ride in the back of the ambulance, she got herself and taken off to go to She went in the second part, I hope you have not, not fallen asleep yet. And it's time for the tales of the hospital bed madness. Where Enid was in Lundy Ward. She went through eight beds. I wonder if I could, uh, if I shall contact Guinness World Records about this one. One of those events, so extra special. At the time, Enid did not see the funny side. She was like Queen Victoria, not amused. One night, the, the night staff went to adjust the bed, but decided to keep going up and down due to fall until Enid was high in the sky. Then two on-duty ambulance to service people, my political breakfast, but had to stay with her from 8pm to 5am to use a ladder to give her cups of tea and meals and medication. The nurse mentioned that in a 20 years ever known never known this to happen well at least it's not a well record it's a North Devon hospital one but no certificates hanging on the wall then the gremlins decided to stop a television to work with only one engineer for the whole Devon potluck when you're going to get it fixed dinner for you was an unusual unusual event as when you ordered you didn't always know what was going to arrive you had roast turkey which was meant to be roast beef And she had boiled, boiled mash that looked like it had been boiled to death, flopping veggies and vegetables. Due to most puddings have more sugar content in a brand of favourite drink with a red and white logo, no product placement in this story. She opted for an ice cream so small, it made her look like she was a giant eating it. Enid, as you guess, is now the woman who is 4 foot 9 inch, but if you ask, is 5 foot 1. That one inch is very important when you're short. The bloody wife is the writer of this short story, Me Mark. I'll probably think you'd end up on the sofa for a few months when you reads this, but it's worth a tell. Hope you enjoyed the read. And every and no part it's part two I might happen in life. Thank you very much for me, Mark. Now, um
I'm, I'm near the end of my show. Um, as I say, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's my first ever, ever live show I've ever done. I know I'm a little bit obscure and a little bit odd and probably go from place to place, but that's just my style. Um, I don't really have a set thing I do. Um, that's just how I roll. It's, yeah, it's, it's just basically, that's, I'm, I just hope you've enjoyed me. I really do. I, I really enjoyed doing this. I, as I say, I'm sorry about the um, episode that you couldn't hear very well. This is a story about my beloved Piggy, who's no longer with us anymore. But I hope you enjoy it. Robbie, the superhero. Robbie, a ginger-haired Piggy, was a laid-back type of dog. He made Dylan from Magic Roundabout look active. He sat most, spent most of his days eating, getting cuddles and sleeping. One day, whilst in his bed, by the TV, he began to dream. In his dream, he stepped in a phone box, became Super Robbie. The superpower being his super cute stare that could make made you stop on the spot. Suddenly, a screaming was heard from the bank down the road. Off, off went Robbie at full trot. At the bank were two burly robbers, who, when saw Robbie, began, just began laughing. This made Robbie mad. He gave him his very best super cute stare, and the smiles disappeared from from the robbers as they froze to the spot. Along came the police and Robbie was given his favourite treat as a reward. Then Robbie woke, smiled at his owners and thought, yes, I'm your superhero. Tom's back. Hi Tom, back again. Yes, I'm going to do your UFO bit that we did, because uh, it's a very good episode. I'm going to put it on the pop, the stream as well. Okay, I hope you enjoy lean, uh, um, 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 listening to them. As I say, um, yeah, I'm being very British, you get very apologetic. I apologise for the, the podcast episode I tried to produce of the, um, my talk with Martin Ali, I will reproduce it, I do apologise. See, it's a very British thing, apologising, that's what we're very good at, another thing we're very good at is queuing. Queuing must be a very strange thing to Americans. Basically, you stand up, stand in a very long queue, and when you get at the end, you get what you would do, like fish and chips or something. Now, uh, there is a certain pudding in the UK 
I can't say the end of the word because, unfortunately, it would be considered very rude in America. But just, just say it's a spotted something. Spotted something pudding. That's all I can say. Because if I say the other word, I'll probably be taken off the air and never be over again. Made to, made to sit in a, in a room, in a cold bath, and told, you are a silly man. I've enjoyed these little chats on um, this bit as well. Yes, that, yes, Gina, Q is standing in the line. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking from a... Yes, I keep forgetting I'm talking to American audience. I could explain the rules of cricket if you like. But we probably wouldn't want to know silly points and stuff like that. Cricket is like baseball, but more fun. I could talk very, very British things. But... That's me, I'm afraid I'm very British, and I'm proud to be British. Nothing wrong with that. I think you should be proud of where you come from. I know my uncle was in the Great Boer War as a valet to a, or a Batman. Not the Batman, like da 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 Batman. I don't know about that. I have to ask my um, friend. It probably might come from France, we've been influenced by French because, as you know, Britain's been invaded by Italians, the French, the Norwegians, so we've taken a little bit of that, that sticky wicket, oh yes, jolly good, <laughs> no, sorry, don't speak like that, oh, well, right, I've been told it's time to wrap up, folks, well, this has been my first show on uh, WBHM-DB from Birmingham, Alabama. I'd like to thank Kat for let, let me be on the show and being, being part of it. I'm very honoured that she's let me do this. I hope you tune in and listen more to what and enjoy it. I tried American slang once and it wasn't very good. What was it? Yeah, man, I have a burger. Oh, Pavement. I watched. I used to watch a lot of American TV shows, but a brew, a brew is a cup of tea. Cup of tea. Always have milk first. Tea bag or tea leaves. Milk or sugar. Probably in America, though, you probably have a lot of coffee. Coffee. Give me a coffee. Yes, Jean, um... Could I... I'm going to ask you as well. Would you like to be on my podcast? You've had some interesting insight as well. Good night, everybody. Ta-ta. Thank you for listening to me. It's good night for me. The whole Zervi Mark show. 
I've enjoyed doing this, you see. I think you like it, you know. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you to know. I will be here soon with another, another, another show.